1: Hey, what's up? Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Ram Trucks, live here in New York City. It's Tuesday, February 28th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. Rutgers called. They want all their guys back. Got Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty, Sean O'Hara... Do I have to go back and get how, my degree or something? How fortunate
2: are you right now? I
1: feel so lucky Boy, and so you, blessed. You guys need
2: name tags. <laughs>
1: what, what, class of? I, no, no, no. <laughs> who's who? No, age us. No, you, you can tell who's who. Yeah, it's the course. sound. I mean, wrong, wrong. You're the voices. This is freaking me out. You guys sound a lot alike.
3: He sounds like me. I'm older. Mm.
1: Is that true? Oh, but
0: then you did everything
1: first. Did everything that's that's your first. whole take. It's,
3: it, what's impressive is this: three Scarlet Knights. We all went to Rutgers, and we're all Super Bowl champions too. So that's right. I Sorry, I three. missed that part of the tagline. Some tag multiple, line. some one, but yeah, it's you're, all love. You're here really today. riding
1: that. Train. I'm riding,
3: I'm riding love today. I'm going to be so wow. nice to this guy today. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> wow. It took him one road. day. We will welcome that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For the it, rest
3: of the week. It's it's permanent now.
1: He, he said that out loud. He going to be nice to you all day. Peter Schrager and Tom Palacero are going to be nice to each other today, too, because they're out in Indianapolis. We're going to say hi to them as well. Dev, kick it off for us. You like this job. Time for the lead block! Oh, yeah. now we put the time for the in there. All right, let's... Uh Send it out to those guys. I know they're happy to uh, chat with us. There is uh, Indianapolis, the site of the NFL scouting combine, coming to you all weekend long. It's almost like a national holiday. It's a long weekend. Starts Thursday, coverage on NFL Network and NFL Plus. Guys, what's up? Pellicero, you got Schrager now. It's the shirt, no tie company at the desk. (laughs) Tom, Indianapolis, what's going on? What are you guys looking forward to today?
4: We've got a great, great day ahead of us, Jamie. And you could add Isaiah Pacheco to the Rucker Super Bowl champions list. Maybe he should sure. be at our table tomorrow as well. Uh, Tom, I ask you, what do we got today as far as, uh, you know, the set the docket, who's coming through, and what do we got behind us all afternoon? So we've got
5: the podiums here yeah. in the convention center, which is always an interesting event because you've got, players coming through. You've got the coaches and GMs who schedule I think sometimes strategically, Peter. So right off the bat today, at the same time, five podiums across, you're going to have Brian Gutekunst, who's Got a few things that people might want to GM hear about. of the What's Packers. The Packers. There's some things to ask. Adolfo Mensa from the Vikings. Sean Payton is going. Josh McDaniels is going. And Terry Fontenot is going all at the same time. So in real time, you can have some of the various quarterback things we're talking about playing out across multiple podiums here. They'll trickle in throughout the day. Absolutely, though, <laughs> there is some thought that goes into this sometimes of okay, who's going to be the biggest news? We want to bury our guy, and I've seven people around him. Yeah. Let's have him go at and the same if, time. And
4: if you're in our role, if you're the reporter, and you're like, all right, Josh McDaniels is there. I got to speak with him at 10 a.m. Eastern, but Sean Payton's there, and I might get a better scoop if I talk to him. Oh, wait a second. Now we got the Packers angle also. That's all going to be happening behind us, uh, That ab- and we'll be talking about it all day long once these guys talk, because one of the parts of the combine is that every GM and head coach that's here will speak with the media for the most part, and that's where we start to get our news and nuggets and narratives for the entire offseason. But that really started last night. We had two different quarterback pieces of news with veteran quarterbacks who've been in the league for some time. Tom, Phillison.
5: Carson Wentz released by the Commanders to nobody's surprise at this point. He was due a huge number. Clearly does not have a future in Washington, certainly not as the starting quarterback, and it raises questions about where, if anywhere, is Carson Wentz going to be in 2023? He's made a lot of money through the course of his career. There's a lot of seats open in terms of potential quarterback competitions. This might take a while for Carson Wentz to find a new home. And the same thing right now with Derek Carr, who of course was released by the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. Ariane Rapport reported last night the carr is actually headed here hmm. to Indianapolis. He's got three meetings set up. He's going to talk to the Jets for a second time after already yep. visiting them. He's going to talk to the Saints again. And he's also going to meet, my understanding is tomorrow with the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. Another team that's got a quarterback vacancy here. But you've got those other dominoes. We talked about Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM talking today. If you're the Jets, you at least want to know what exactly is going to play out here with Aaron Rodgers. Is there any chance that that's a possibility? There's other moving parts. Does Lamar Jackson potentially get traded? Could some other quarterbacks shake free? What happens with Daniel Jones and the Giants? All which is to say, Derek Carr does have suitors. He's going to have an opportunity here. But his best offer, his best opportunity, might have to wait until we see where some of these other dominoes go. Really
4: interesting. Some news and notes on that. And the Jets, their front office is here. Their coaching staff is not. The Packers, their front office is here. Their coaching staff is not. So in a lot of ways, Gooden, he will be the voice of the Packers this week. He's here. Matt LaFleur is not. Um, real quick, last piece of news, Deron Payne and the franchise tag. What are you hearing on the latest there?
5: No surprise. It's been the full expectation all along. Deron Payne will be franchise tag. Commanders will announce it later on this morning. That's one. For Daron Payne getting the tag here, now the question is, you look at some of the running backs here. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, what ends up happening with the Raiders? Could you see Tony Pollard end up getting franchise mm-hmm. tagged? And then the big one that everybody's watching, which is, what do the Giants do yeah. here? I In a perfect world, they don't want to tag anybody. Yeah, they They'd like love to get love deals not done with Daniel yes. Jones and Saquon Barkley. They tried it with Barkley back in the fall. Obviously, they've been trying with Daniel Jones, but he made an agent change. He wants a big number. And I would, too, if I knew that coming up on March 7th, if I haven't signed a long-term deal, there's a decision to make, and your downside, for, if you're Daniel Jones, is making about $32 million on the franchise tag. You can
4: only franchise tag one player, meaning either Daniel Jones is franchise tag, Saquon Barkley is franchise tag, or neither are franchise tag. Uh, that's a lot of news to start the show, but that's what the Combine's all about. Jamie, I'm going to toss it back to you with your three Scarlet Knights who have won Super Bowl rings. How impressive.
1: I, I am. Uh, Rutgers is very proud today. And uh, so is my alma mater. But, you know, there's not enough of us here at the table. So we'll leave that one by the wayside. Peter, Tom, s- look great. Sound great. We can't wait to hear for more from you guys. Peter, hang around. We have the question that we want to ask you at the end of the segment. In the first place, Uh, those guys are talking about franchise tags. Uh, Those teams have to make decisions about some of their star players. Here's a big one: Chicago Bears with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, The first time they have that spot since they selected halfback Bob Fenimore back in 1947. There's a history lesson for you. But here's the other tricky thing: is there a couple teams in the top 10 who might be slash on like would be willing to trade up for that top spot? Texans, Colts, maybe even the Raiders, uh, people need a quarterback. Uh, so regardless of any of the suitors, should the Bears trade the first overall pick or do they keep it and they get to do it what they want with it?
3: Yeah, uh, I think One thing you mentioned when you just said that, some suitors early on, Mm. and you look at the Colts at number four and Houston at number two in the same division, both looking for a quarterback, and I think they're primed to be able to trade this, and I think Houston is the team because Houston has to be afraid of those teams below them jumping up. Mm -hmm. So yes, trade that number one pick because what you can do to build around your quarterback, you have an opportunity to give him weapons, to give him offensive linemen, the protection, and I look at two quarterbacks from this past year. And last offseason, I started this show, and all we talked about was Jalen Hurts. Could he be the guy? Tua Bailoa. could he be the guy? And Jalen Hurts, you look at how he improved in in 2022 compared to 21. Look at these things. Look at the completion percentage, the yards per game. What always stands out to me is the touchdowns to interception ratio, because that equates right there to winning football games. You're scoring points, and you're not giving it away to the other. Other team. The Philadelphia Eagles made a trade in A.J. Brown, getting him a number one target, and his game grew tremendously. We watched him throw the ball deep down the field to A.J. Brown a ton, Devontae Smith making plays, and I think beyond that, it instilled the confidence from the organization and the belief that they had in Jalen Hurts. And then on the other side, you look at Tua Tungabailoa and all the question marks that surrounding him in Miami, Whereas, all right, are they going to go get Deshaun Watson? He spent a year doing that. And since he came into the league, he talked about, do I suck? And then you look at his improvements <laughs> of what he did last year. And the same thing goes for him, 25 touchdowns, to eight interceptions and I know he dealt with the injuries and the concussion issue and that's still going to be a hurdle to get over going into next season but the improvement of getting a number one guy via a trade and bringing Tyreek Hill to South Beach from the Kansas City Chiefs so I look at the Chicago Bears and you have an opportunity to surround Justin Fields with some elite talent go out and get a number one wide receiver and see what this kid can do at quarterback because he already flashed all last season of what he could do with his legs and also made some good throws. So I'm excited to see if Chicago can trade that pick and surround him with some talent. Like I said, the love fest begins Mm. now. I agree with J-Mac and not only am I going to agree, I'm going to expand on what you said with some stats. So right here, the Bears, receiver production, Mm -hmm. ranked last. And receiving yards, receptions per game, last. Mm -hmm. Tight ends, receiving yards, last. Wow. But, That is the problem. So why have one guy? Why go in the draft and select Jalen Carter or one of these guys that everybody's like, he's an animal. We need multiple of these guys. We need a ton of picks. So you trade back, you get more picks. Like I like to think of it, the Bill Belichick way. You never draft the guy that everyone wants you to draft in that spot. You go and you get multiple picks. This team over the last year has lost Allen Robinson. They've lost Robert Quinn. They've lost Khalil Mack. They've lost all of these guys, Roquan Smith. They've lost these guys. Those guys had a ton of production for this team. They're no longer there. Think about this. Justin Jefferson had more receptions than all of the receivers combined for the Bears. Mm. One guy, and I know – I'm Justin Jefferson, I played against you. I think it was like 140, a touchdown. (laughs) You kind of went off. You're you're a problem. Yeah, not kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but to have more production than a whole receiving core, that's just not good enough. And Justin Fields still showed this year that he can be a guy. He can go out there, produce at a high level. I think it's now time for the Bears, Ryan Poles, go put guys around him. Make this team better. Make this offense better. Help him be productive. Do it not just one time in this draft in the first round, multiple times in the first round, multiple times in the second, third round. Make this a better football team overall. Yeah,
1: but don't you do you think that's an indictment on Justin Fields or the wide receiver room? The fact that those that the the, that the room, solo. the production was so low.
3: It's the receiver room. Okay, I mean you got to give a young quarterback guys to make him better. Like mm-hmm. he just talked about with yep. Jalen Hurts. You have to. Now, I'm going to go back to what
2: you said, and I'm shocked that you didn't just pounce on it. The, the do I suck part. That so was funny. Be right. no, he he teamed oh, up for like, it he right just there. Yeah, let's go back. It's that's what he had a t shirt by the end of the week. <laughs> he was questioning himself. To your point, like, I, I'm sure Justin Fields has said that to himself. Yeah. To your point, the receiver is saying, hey, do we suck? I think yeah. the offensive line is saying, do we suck? Because Justin <laughs> Fields is running for his life. So everybody over there is saying, you know who doesn't? Ryan Poles. And I know we're talking about Justin Fields fields right now but ryan poles i mean he's in the pole position of the draft right now yeah. and you've got this guy right here that you can build your franchise around you already, he's already there like when he showed up at the door man are you gonna tell me i got a maserati right here in, mm-hmm. in the garage okay all i gotta do is fix up the house like let, here we go let's go to work let's build a fence all right let's paint it right now ryan poles is sitting on pocket aces all right and he's got he, everybody in the nfl draft right now that needs a quarterback calling him. Mm. Hey, all right, what do you want? What do you want? And he's just sitting there Lady Gaga-like with his poker face. Nice. And look, here we go. Like, what do you want? I think Ryan Poles is going to get an unbelievable haul for this first pick overall. The last time the first overall pick was traded in the draft, it was Jared Goff. And they ended up getting a couple of first-round picks. You, I, I, I look at this Bears franchise and I say, look, they traded up to get Justin Fields a couple of years ago. They gave up a future first-round pick. So they've mm. got to kind of recoup some of that collateral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Listen. Let's face it. You, you, you've got you've got uh, this division. You got Kirk Cousins, probably Aaron Rodgers, if he's you know out of his retreat and, and finalized. So you have got to have somebody that can win the game in the fourth yep. quarter. I think Justin Fields is that guy. You just got to help him out a little bit. And
1: every draft class is different, but um, for them to have the number one pick, but there's no like tight end, wide receiver that's jumping out like in the top five. So you can allow somebody to come up, give them, give you like a second half of the draft, let's yeah. say a couple of those. And then to benefit from a pass catching tight end or one of those excellent wide receivers there, th- those guys, those skill players are just not right now listed in the mm-hmm. top five. So you can allow somebody to come up and get you. I was not sure where I wanted to go. Kind of like your double Dutch reference yeah. yesterday. And I wanted to listen to the table and I am convinced now that I think they should uh, trade that and just acquire more options.
0: <laughs> if you will, you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, He is going deep down the far side, and it is
2: A.J. Brown again above a touchdown. Rolls right, shovel pass
3: to Barkley, Barkley in for the two-point conversion. He sets up, he launches downfield at the five-yard line, and it is a catch. Oh, what a catch. Terry McLaurin fights the football away. And they're going to give the ball to Pollard. He busts up the middle. He broke the tackle, and Pollard with a house call. Touchdown,
5: Tony Pollard.
1: So last year, the NFC East became the first division since 97 to have three teams advance to the divisional round. That's a... Uh, Feather in your cap, if you will. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys were among the final four NFC teams, while Philly, of course, advanced to the Super Bowl. Uh, But the Eagles did not hoist the Lombardi, which means they're on our list of to-do's. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking at every team. We're going to pick a division. We get to pick them apart and make them a honey-do list. I just keep calling it that, and it's not on the prompter. I'm just going to keep saying it that way. Uh, We
3: we love those lists.
2: Right, I'm sure you do. I love making them.
1: them. Um, NFC East, you're up today. Jason, why don't you start us off? Oh,
3: my if we had to guess, which team do you think? If we're talking NFC East, which team are we going to start? You're
1: going heavy America's team. team? America's, team. America's team. team. This is Kyle
3: Brandt's favorite team to discuss. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and as I look at them, and the main thing for me in the offseason is build this relationship with McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I think for them, from last season to the next, the biggest thing is Kellen Moore is not going to be there. Mike McCarthy is taking over the play-calling duties and yes, he hired Brian Schottenheimer, as his offensive coordinator. And he's going to be the guy now in Dak's ear in the situations, making those play calls and over the last two years, remember, they lose that game to the 49ers, and there's so many question marks about that play call at the end where Dak Prescott is going for the QB draw. They run out of time. Then last year, they get into the game, and they're going against the 49ers, and their defense plays admirable, but they can't do anything on offense. So I think Mike McCarthy and Dak's relationship, him being in that ear, because for Dak, Kellen Moore has been there since he was drafted. When he got there, Kellen Moore was Tony Romo's backup, and they built a relationship, and then Moore became his quarterback coach, and then eventually the offensive coordinator and then beyond that McCarthy and Dak go get a receiver somebody else to help somebody else to go on the other side of C.D. Lamb and if you're looking for a receiver I've said it already Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there and we can envision him with the star on the side of his helmet. Odell was born to be a cowboy. Jerry Jones has to love this. You can have those number three, number 13, have those jerseys ready in the pro (laughs) shop and they are going to be purchased. I am excited for this news when Schrager comes in and tells me he's talked to his sources and he can confirm that Odell Beckham is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Whenever in the offseason that happens, I'm going to be fired up and roll the clip of me saying it months ago. How fitting that
2: that catch that OBJ's known for was against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yep. no doubt about yep. it. But yep.
3: well, what I love going from America's team is going to the best team in a division last mm. year, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the first thing they're dealing with is loss. You lost in the Super Bowl, and then you lost three coaches. You lost Steichen, you lost Gannon, you lost Rawls, all of these guys. But this is the issue. You have so many free agents, and I think back to my time in New England, because if you guys don't know, we did a lot of winning in New England. So we had to deal with this. When you do a lot of winning, it's because you have a lot of really good football players. The Eagles have to decide who are your foundational players? Mm-hmm. Who are the guys that you say, we can't go on without these guys? Bill you used to always say to us, when you're bad, it's easy. Pay the only good players because you're bad. You don't have that many. Pay the good players and move on. They have to make a decision. Hargraves, Gardner-Johnson, Epps, Bradbury, Cox, Miles You have all of these guys. Who do you pay? Who do you keep? You got to make some decisions, and that will be what you're defined by. Who you keep and how you go and play the next year. Yeah, and when you're atop the division, you know
2: everybody's gunning for you. So yep. they're building their roster to try to beat you. So I'm going to keep it rolling here. Let's go to the G-men because the G-men, they're trying to take down the Eagles, beat the Cowboys. The one thing you guys both mentioned was receivers. All right, both the Eagles and the Cowboys have great receivers. And you guys both said they need receivers. Are we kidding me right now? The Giants right now, they need a plethora of receivers and they need some explosive plays. Look, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they were pretty much the entire offense. And, and, and unless Saquon broke a big run or DJ pulled some rabbit out of the hat on a big quarterback-designed run, they didn't really have a lot of explosive plays. There you saw the list right there. Um, they, they had just four pass plays over 40 yards all season long, one of the worst in the league. And when that man, Sterling Shepard, went down, they lost a lot of that big play ability. So, look, this offense, we have seen them do a great job with 11 play, 12 play, 14 play drives. But, but sometimes you need a guy – they can run behind a McCordy. They can run right by him. Mm. Like, you need somebody with some speed. Uh, and I think that's where the Giants really need to be. Now, Now, now I'll just add one little nugget on there. Interior offensive line for the Giants. They've got their tackles. They've got Andrew Thomas at left, Evan Neal at right tackle. They've got their Twin Towers set up. They need some help inside, which will help with some of those big plays because you got to hold on to the rock a little
3: bit. I want to clarify, though. When he said run by McCourty, he was talking about Jason
1: Jason. Well, I, looked, the, I actually looked know, at Jason. You know what's David. funny. The you're the one that's still playing, so you would be the one that's being run by. <laughs> no,
3: no, no, no. And you I just admitted that by just, by just went
1: I, off. I, I played, la, played,
3: I I played last year, and I play, I play safety, not corner. For the record, that'd be a nice last one block. (laughs)
1: So you guys all listed a couple of things to do with your teams within the NFC East, but the Fanders have won, and it's um, make the playoffs, since apparently that's not what they did within this division last year. They're a 500 team. uh, you got to figure a couple things out. They released their quarterback. They franchise tag one of their defensive stars in Jerron Payne yesterday. Mm -hmm. Sam Howell is uh, the guy, which is great. I need a little bit more confidence of that. I got Seymour from Sam Howell. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin is a fantastic foundational player to rely on in terms of wide receiver. But you got to make sure that Howell is it. Um, an interesting thing that Jason and I were just talking about, and I want to pick your eyes brain right on this. The Commanders were the only team last season to have three guys to have at least 14-plus tackles for loss. That's a fantastic defensive statistic in Jerron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez. So you think they would have been better defensively if that were the case. More wins accrue. But your point is you got to have a quarterback. Exactly. got to have a quarterback. <laughs> so uh, they go out. They get Eric Bieniemy. Uh Now he gets to call plays as the offensive coordinator in Washington. That's great for him and apparently his resume. Um, but is he going to be the answer to Sam Howell? and is that the direction that the Panthers can go? But the point is, you have one thing on your list, and it's make the playoffs. Yeah,
2: and That's
3: is, it. is Sam Howell going to be the guy? Are they yeah. going to stay put there and feel totally comfortable mm-hmm. moving forward with him? Mm-hmm. That's yet to be seen. Is
1: Washington a team that, that you think guys would want to go to play? I mean,
3: maybe Aaron Rodgers wants to go to D. Hey,
0: what a, a, a little They splash.
2: have a lot of, a hey, lot of stuff well, going
0: on. I'll, yeah. I'll play for Ron Rivera any day. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
1: Uh, Dev, Sean, Jay, lovely sitting at this table with you. We also have Peter Schrager and Tom Pelissero joining us shortly from Indianapolis. Uh, Dev, hit him with it.
3: It's time for the leave
1: Hey, there he we is. We got uh, the time for it. I know, time for the um, Indianapolis, the site of the NFL scouting combine. There is stunning Lucas Oil Stadium. Great to catch the Final Four, Big Ten Tournament, uh, an NFL game on a Sunday afternoon, but also home of the combine over the next uh, week or so. Pellicero, you are standing by uh, with the sh- I'm a shirt, no tie club. Um, what's going on there, you guys? What do you want to talk about this hour?
4: Uh, first of all, Jamie, I look at that building. I don't look at, I don't think of Peyton Manning. I don't think of Andrew Luck. I think that's where I saw Makai Becton <laughs> run a sub 540. That's what I think. There it's y'all. combine home, that Lucas Oil. But but Tom. There's
5: actually a statue outside the stadium it. now. It's right next m- to Peyton, uh, you Mekhi got Makai right there. running.
4: That's what I remember. It's the Underwear
5: Olympics, and I'm here for it. Um. You buttoned up a button, I see. Someone buttoned a button for me. I was What's informed the- there's kids watching. <laughs> it's 7 a.m. I can't have two buttons undone. So well, just trying to class We up. are
4: in our uniforms today, and this is very formal. And I will ask you, it's also an interview for a lot of these players. Um, some of these prospects are going competing. Some of them aren't. Take us through a prospect that you're most fascinated by this week.
5: I think that with you've got some of the top prospects who are not going to participate here. It's always interesting to see. Who does decide to go out there? Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama is one of those guys. He's gonna go out there, we'll see how much he does, but he's planning to participate in the on-field drills. It's also interesting because he's in the linebacker group. Those pass rushers, those edge guys, you never know, are they gonna be D linemen, they can be linebackers here, that's the group they spend the week with. They obviously go through certain drills. Well, The clubs also get to put in requests for guys to do other positions. No surprise, Will Anderson also got, I'm told, a defensive line request. So did B.J. Ojolari, among others. So we'll see him do a combination of different drills here. No Jalen Carter out there from Georgia. He's waiting until his pro day, which is fine. We've seen other guys do that in the past. Tyree Wilson not yet ready as he comes back from his foot. Just ramped up his workouts a couple of weeks ago. Will Anderson, potential number one pick. is going to be on the field. I think that's
4: so cool. and Especially doing both the drills for the linebackers and the defensive end drills. You can see multiple abilities that he'll have. Um, I'm interested in Anthony Richardson, another SEC player. We talked about him a lot yesterday. Jamie, you mentioned having interviewed him in a production meeting and how impressive he was in his days at Florida. Tom, you reported it yesterday. He's going to do all the drills. He's going to do all the drills. And I think it has become in vogue now at the Combine to say, I'll wait for my pro day. I'll do it on my terms. I'll do it with my receivers. Anthony Richardson's coming here, and he's like, hey, I know I'm a redshirt sophomore with not a ton of tape. I'm going to show the scouts in person that I can do it all and I'm going to do it. That includes running. That includes throwing. And I've already heard he's a wonderful young man and he's going to wow in the interview. So to me, it's, do you want to make the most out of this week? And for a guy like Bryce Young, maybe it doesn't require him throwing on on Saturday. Anthony Richardson, I think it goes a long way that he is. Um, One of the teams that will be in the hunt for a quarterback, most likely not a rookie, though, is the New York Jets. Uh, Jets are here. Joe Douglas is going to be speaking later today.
5: Your State of the Union on the jet situation right now. So they're going to meet with Derek Carr for a second time. I was told everything in the first meeting went really well, those conversations. Obviously, there's some connections in the building. Todd Downing, who was his original quarterback's coach with the Raiders, is now on staff in New York here. But they also want to see how some other dominoes potentially fall. Aaron Rodgers is the big one. Brian Gutekunst will be one of the first people up at the podium this morning. I would not anticipate any definitive statements from Gutekunst at this point on Aaron Rodgers. And let's face it, Rodgers... Has to make the first move here. He's due $60 million, mm. fully guaranteed. If he says, I want to come back, my understanding is as long as he's all in, the Packers want him back, subject to additional conversations to make sure everybody's on the same page. If he comes out of the darkness and says, hey, I want to be traded, whether that's to the Jets or someplace else, the Packers are open to working through that with him. But at this point, Rodgers hasn't actually said He's even going to play in 2023. And so Derek Carr is certainly a viable option, potentially Aaron Rodgers. Who knows about Lamar Jackson? There's a lot of different directions this could go. You
4: covered the Packers for years. You covered the Vikings for years in a local beat. Like, Ted Thompson was always the guy. Goody's been the guy now almost nearly you know, a decade, it feels like. If you're to decipher anything from Goody at the, at the podium today, do you think he gives us anything? Is there any tells that you would say, if, something you would look for? If you're listening to his press conference, you're trying to get a clue on, hey, here's where they're going
5: with Rodgers. Is there anything you're looking for? The key would be, does he even say that they've spoken hmm. over the past week here? Because, again, the Packers can have a plan. But they're trying to be respectful of Aaron Rodgers, who's been the franchise quarterback now, been the starter for 15 years, been with the club for 18 years. They want to let him have the time to make the right decision. But it really is his decision. And they didn't anticipate being here. They signed him to a three-year contract, a massive deal last year, thinking, okay, we've solved it, everybody's on the same page. And the relationship, I'm told, is still really positive. Rodgers just has to make up his mind. And also remember this, if he decides, hey, I want to be traded, the team that's trading for him then – is trading for all this, yeah. for the year to year nature, yep. for the thoughts after the season, for everything that comes with Aaron Rodgers. He showed last year, if you go through the tape, even though he was battling through the finger injuries, he still, other injuries awesome. he still would make plays that make you go. If you can harness that for a whole season, he can be really good. I anticipate if he wants to be traded, there's going to be a strong market for him. The Jets will be in that mix. But what do you give up for a guy who is really a year-to-year proposition?
4: Jets talk, Rodgers talk, it's the Combine. Jamie Erdahl, you're in New York City with the Rutgers boys. Uh, What do you guys think Mm. of the New York Jets and what they've got to do this week?
1: Oh, you fine gentlemen just lit that grenade and tossed it back here so we could talk about the Jets quarterback situation. Thank you very much. That was awesome stuff. We really enjoyed listening to it. Our very own Greg Rosenthal actually released his top 101 free agents of 2023. Several quarterbacks in the top ten, including Lamar Jackson at the first spot, Derek Carr at six, uh, full list at NFL.com slash top 101. Giants certainly interested in that top ten list, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, hang in the balance there. Um, But let's flip it back to the Jets and what the heck they are going to do um, at the quarterback spot. Jason, what do you think that they should do from the quarterback
3: spot. I'm looking at Greg's number six spot in Derek Carr. And they already met with Derek Carr and we've already heard that he's going to be down in Indianapolis. He's going to be at the combine and he's going to be meeting with teams. And I compare this to kind of the dating scene for the Jets. You mm. show up to the club, you're looking for love mm. and you meet a girl early on in the night and you're like, she has the looks, great personality. Like she could be the one. But there's always that question mark of what's left out there. Who else could I run into if I make my rounds or if I hang out at the bar for a little while longer? And sometimes you're looking for that person and they don't exist or the opportunity never comes. And you look back and you're like, man, now you see her on TikTok and she's doing dances with her entire family. She looks happy. And you're still miserable. So for the Jets, their car is available right now. You had them in the building. You've met with them. You have an opportunity to secure the quarterback spot with a veteran who has been productive over his career. It may not have the same potential as an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson, but for this Jets team, you look at how good they were last year on offense, I mean on defense compared to their offensive ranks. They don't possibly need Tom Brady to come in and save their franchise at the quarterback position. They were able to win in spite of the quarterback position last year. So bring a guy in like Carr. Know what he's doing. Know that you have your guy right now, and you can go out and sign Quentin Williams to an extension, go get some offensive linemen, and know that the quarterback position is taken care of because Carr is available right now, and you can sign him where, and where, build for the season. Where are you from originally? Me? Yeah. From uh, New York. Did you just tell New Yorkers to settle? What are we talking about? You mentioned love in the club. A banger. Shout out Usher with that one. But I will say this. You're in New York. You know a guy who used to own a club in New York? Joe Namath. You know another guy who spent a lot of time in the club and found some of the hottest women? Mark Sanchez. And I know yeah. Mark Sanchez didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> AFC Championship, though, in New York. I'm going to give you a list for Mark Sanchez. Eva Longoria. Girlfriend once. Rumored. All this stuff is rumored. Reported. Hillary Ronda, supermodel. Mm. Kate Upton, supermodel. Mm-hmm. Joe Namath famously said, give me a pretty blonde and I like my, I like my labels red. Okay. He's telling you what he drinks and what he likes. Mm. That's what New York wants. Where are you going with this? They want a quarterback that everyone loves. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I want to talk about the quarterback All day, I want to talk about what he does off the field. Mm. I want to talk about who he's dating. Aaron Rodgers, Danica Patrick, Mm. supposedly Milwaukee Bucks owner's daughter. Like, this is all stuff in Wisconsin. No one cares about what Aaron Rodgers is doing off the field in New York. Revis has already tweeted out, be humble, bro. If you come here, be humble. What? We don't know. It's already getting going. Did you know I was going to say love in the club? Because I didn't. Wow, we're, we're having a twin right we're, we're twins, bro. We're twins. I know what you're thinking. i was thinking. like, how, I'm I'm like where is he going with this? Right there. I know already. what he's thinking before he's thinking, but give me the big-name quarterback. So in New York, even if we're not winning, we're in the club with our favorite quarterback, mm. like J.R. Smith used to be in the club. The Knicks weren't winning, but you could party with your favorite player. Wow. That's what New York's about. Gotcha. So we got Aaron Rodgers going about. from the darkness retreat to, yeah. uh, to the butter. Uh, he doesn't have to go to, to the just club. To, just live life, Aaron, like you live life. Give gotcha. us headlines.
2: Yeah. Uh, That's right. Exactly I'm going to stay we're... away from the headline and, and give you Zach Wilson's list. Um, we'll we'll stay away from nope. all that. I think for Jets fans uh, and, and for the Jets, like, here's what I want to say. I want to go goodwill hunting right here. It, oh, it's gosh. not your fault. It's not your fault. All right? Every offseason – Jets fans are perplexed with this. Like, we need a quarterback. We need somebody to come save us. Two years ago, it was Zach Wilson. It was the love fest about this yeah. kid. And I feel for Jets fans because right now everybody's, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers would be a great fit. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to. Show up to New York. I don't think he's going to leave Green Bay. Derek Carr. I, I don't know. I don't know if he would choose the New York Jets right now. I, I feel like they're they're like talking about the money they're going to spend on the lottery that they haven't won yet. Mm-hmm. And I look at Zach Wilson. I'm call me old school. Like I, I think that young quarterbacks need time. Look, two every, people threw two a tongue of, of into the mm-hmm. dumpster. Right. They went dumpster diving with Daniel Jones last year as well. He's a young kid. Look, he needs to mature. He needs he needs to grow. People don't didn't fall in love with Daniel Jones till his fourth year. People didn't fall in love with Eli Manning really till his fourth year and he won a Super Bowl. I think with quarterbacks, like these guys sometimes just need a little extra time and they need some help around them. So for Jets fans – don't don't mm. throw Zach Wilson away just yet. Don't go right out, out with Zach Wilson. Wow. I think the I, I defense think he, threw him away already though. Well yeah, uh, I mean if there's, if there's if there's a that. way to salvage it and Chris he's got to win, he's win the locker room, he's got to grow up a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that Joe Douglas would really love to find a way of to course.
3: make his top pick. They put Chris Straveler in
2: over Peter, Zach Wilson. Peter, help
1: season. me help me please, because I feel like we just <laughs> ping ponged across a lot of topics here and I think get back on get back get us back on the rails.
4: No, I mean, I think, I think, Sean, that would be the, the dream. That Joe Dug- I don't think they can go back to the Jets fans or Woody Johnson at this point and say our answer is Zach Wilson. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Devin McCourty, you're mostly responsible for that when you intercept him three times in the Meadowlands this season. That, that kind of happens when everyone sees that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I don't expect Zach Wilson to be uh, the, the only quarterback in the room, but I do expect him to be in the room and fighting for that job. Here's the connection between Rodgers and Wilson. Zach Wilson grew up idolizing Aaron Rodgers and looks at Aaron Rodgers as that and Aaron Rodgers spent the last couple of years texting with Zach Wilson since they had an inner squad practice so that relationship exists another relationship that exists is Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers and that's real Aaron Rodgers doesn't speak glowingly about every coach he's ever had. Nathaniel Hackett and him had a real relationship. talking friends. I'm talking his best years, two MVP seasons and back-to-back years. And yes, Hackett's time as a head coach in Denver did not go as planned. But this guy can draw up an offense and this guy can connect with Aaron Rodgers. The Jets could have hired a plethora of offensive coordinators. They chose Nathaniel Hackett. That is their chess piece in this thing. If Rodgers does come out and says, I want to be traded, the Jets make a lot of sense. And to Devin's point, I'm not going into blondes and labels of wine and all that. The New York Jets, that building, that team, they would in open arms accept a superstar quarterback. It has been quite some time since they had one. And I think the New York market, for better or worse, would be uh, very happy to have Aaron Rodgers throwing the football for the Jets, especially those in the media ranks.